Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to episode number 54 of the Peristyle Podcast. If you don't know, the Peristyle Podcast is our weekly internet USC radio show talking all about the Trojans going just over a year now. We've been growing every week, and we thank you guys all for that. We thank you for the feedback, and if you have any questions or comments, you can always drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com. That's podcast at uscfootball.com. We have a few questions that came in that we will definitely ask and get them answered on the air. Uh, we have a very exciting show this week. The, the uh, Combine's going on in Indianapolis. Actually just finished up the field work this past week. And uh, we're going to be talking all about that with Coach Harvey Hyde in our first segment. We have Dan Weike of uscfootball.com. He'll be talking a little about the Combine as well. And we'll also talk about USC winter workouts are in full effect. And of course, though, Coach, the first segment, it's up to you. How you doing, man? How are you? Ryan, I'm feeling great. I tell you, I missed last week. Uh, I don't know where I was. I think I was in. Oh, I was in Las Vegas. You were in Vegas. That's where yeah. I was. I was in Vegas, and uh, we had to miss the uh, broadcast. And I, I've been in the depression ever since. Oh, <laughs> but I, but I'm making a comeback today, and uh, I tell you, it's going to be fun to be with you. I want to thank you very much, and uh, for uh, allowing me to be a part of USCFootball.com. I tell you. You're growing. People are hearing about it. I talk with people about it no matter where I travel, and people really enjoy what you're doing. I appreciate it, Coach, and I think they really enjoy having you on, as do I. And, uh, yeah, I am the publisher of uscfootball.com, but we launched a, a month or so ago, peristylepodcast.com. That's our, we have a dedicated website now, Coach, just for the podcast. You can play the podcast right on there, and you can download it from there. And you can also get a link to your latest show, uh, Trojan Talk, which is cool. I know, you, you know, you're a big internet guy, Coach. Have you been to peristylepodcast.com yet? You know what? I figured it out. All right. If nice. I can do it, anyone can Excellent. do it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hopefully people like it. We're trying to uh, tweak it. You know, we've grown the show over the last, you know, a little over a year, like I said. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get the show. Podcasts are really becoming popular now. So you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on peristylepodcast.com. And there's all places over the internet, of course, on uscfootball.com. But wanted to, before we get into talking about the combine, wanted to thank our sponsor for this segment, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. That's the website. If you want to give them a call, you can give them a call, 1-800-888-7287. So if you need tickets for any kind of sporting event, theater, concert, stuff like that, give sctickets.com a try. They're going to really help you out. Ryan, I just want to mention one thing. Because our sponsor has been so good to us, when you call them, please mention that you heard about them on our broadcast because that really helps us too. And then he knows that people are, are u- utilizing this uh, opportunity of us uh, uh, with his sponsorship. And it really helps us. I was in there the other day and the, the girl at the desk says, Hey, we've got a couple of calls who people have uh, heard about it uh, on the, on the broadcast. And I said, well, thank you very much. And I wanted to mention it on the air. So people will do that when they call for certain tickets that they need. The Lakers, you know, the Dodgers are starting, the Angels are starting. You know, they got tickets to all of these things. Correct. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, we, we haven't mentioned that before. But, yeah, definitely, if you give them a call over at SC Tickets, just uh, let them know that the Peristyle Podcast sent you, Coach Hyde and Ryan. Um, 
Coach, so I guess, you know, the Combine just finished up all their field stuff. I think, I don't know if the players have left yet, but they're still, they finished everything up on Tuesday. The defensive backs did all their field work, and you could watch all that on uh, NFL Network and stuff. I'm sure a lot of the Trojan fans did since there were so many USC guys there taking part in the Combine. Just wanted to kind of get your thoughts overall, uh, you know, what you think of the Combine as a whole. Well, you know, we'll talk about the USC players in a moment, but, you know, looking at the Combine, you know, to me – I don't want to use this term, but I think it's a, jer- a joke, okay? I really do. I see here are these uh, coaches and professional uh, scouts visit spring practice. They have scout, They have pro day at the universities. They see these kids every day in spring practice. They go to the games. They meet the players. They, they watch videos all day in the coaches' room. In fact, in the offices, you have a – a video room for all the pro scouts to come and break them down and write up their their uh, write-ups. And they spend a billion dollars a year, the NFL, in their scouting, in their scouting. Now, in the middle of the school year, they need to bring back to uh, Indianapolis the top, what is it, 250, I think it is, athletes uh, that are seniors uh, graduating uh, to the Combine. Or juniors, and 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 to me, I say, man, if I did my job that much, I'd get fired. <laughs> because if I couldn't evaluate someone through all the games I watched him through three years of, of college, all the spring practices, all the videos, all of the pro days, all of the things that I've been able to do to evaluate a player, and I need to have them all back there to sit down and watch them do drills that I think that are worthless because, first of all, you got the chance of injury, just like a couple of players that pull hamstrings, like Ray Malaluga, which hurts them on their training. Plus, they're not doing it in uniforms. I mean, they, uh, certain kids carry their uniforms better than others. When I watch them get timed in the 40-yard dash, these kids are trained to run a 40-yard dash by trainers now who have taught them to run it so fast. Have you ever seen a split receiver or a running back get in a track position in a football uniform to run a route or to, to run a play or no. a tackle? Yeah, no, you Have never. you? No. <laughs> huh? Never. And, and never. And, and do they ever run 40 yards like that? I mean, let's do something like if you're going to evaluate someone, then do it with shoulder pads and a helmet or or do it with the equipment on so that you know how well an, an athlete carries his uniform. The true time you want is not in when they're in track cleats long jumping or standing broad jump, as we used to call it. I mean, with cleat shoes on and stopping without falling one way or another. do you play football like that? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand it. You, you line up, you play football, you run to the football, you make a tackle, you make a play. Here they've got these guys doing these drills. Uh, they've got reps. You got to do how many reps did you do for 225? Okay, some guys didn't do more than others, but this isn't a powerlifting contest. You're trying to describe that you're a football player. Yeah, it's important to be strong, but it's important to to have the knack of learning how to catch a football, run with a football, a feel of reading the defenses, uh, uh, the things that are necessary that you see in combat, not in training. So to me, when I look at this, I say, it's a joke. It's really a joke. Everybody gets together 
They all watch somebody throw a football and catch a football and see what their times are, and they compare them and this and that. And, and after spending billions of dollars over the last three years evaluating these players at spring practice, you go to spring practice, you go to fall practice, right, Ryan? There's pro scouts there every day, and they sit in the office all day writing up what they see with videotapes. I mean, if you can't evaluate a player quicker than that, and I have a lot of friends that do this, don't get me wrong. So I'm not putting them down, but they have to do it. But, man, I'll tell you what, anybody else in any other job, if they took them that much time to figure out who's a football player, they'd be fired. And I think you hit a good point, Coach, with it's there's people that train for the combine. And it's almost like, I guess you want to make an analogy, like standardized testing. Like standardized testing, you know, you have to be fairly smart to, to do to do well, but I think that a big part of it is how much you prepare for that test. And you're more, you're preparing yourself to take the test as opposed to get smarter. And I think a lot of those times you're, pre- you're preparing yourself to run the 40 or do a broad jump or, or do a three cone drill, as opposed to train to become a better football player. And it, it just seems like, you know, the, the, just a the 40 yard dash, how important is the start? And that's not really something that you use in football, but if you get a good jump, on your 40 yard dash, then you get a better time. You know, it just seems like there's so much that goes into the training part of it, training to, to impress scouts in, in these, you know, that have nothing to do with football, the skills like you were talking about. Exactly. Plus you're doing it out of uniform. And when you're in a uniform, you know, a lot of players carry their, their uniform better. Some players aren't as strong and they run a lot slower with the uniform on. Some players, there's no change at all in their 40 speed with the uniform on. So, you know, I just, I look at this, and then they wear specialized shoes, and, and then they have all these tight, you know, like Olympic, it looks to me like they're trying out for the Olympics. I mean, uh, powerlifting, sprints, uh, drills, I, I don't know what, you know, a lot of these things. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know if a guy's clumsy or not. You know if a guy can run uh, or not. And it's not the evaluation out of a uniform, it's the game day evaluation I want to see. I want to see him go up. They have the Senior Bowl. They have the All-Star Bowl. They have they, they have the East-West game. I mean, how much does it take to evaluate a player? I mean, really. I mean, and plus these kids are missing school, and it's okay now by the NCAA for them to go to this. It's not against their scholarship. I mean, I just wonder how some things are okay and some things aren't okay and, and, and all of that. And so my, personally, I think, yeah, it's sometimes fun to watch. But do I watch it? Nope. No, you don't say it. Well, there's a question kind of related to this, Coach, that was sent in. I wanted to uh, – maybe this will be interesting for you. Uh, this is from Matthew. He wanted to know – obviously, we know your opinion on the combine, but he wants to know what the biggest thing that coaches, players, and scouts see from players at the combine that they do not see on game film. And I think that kind of you know pulls into your point. You see a lot of it on game film. What do you think is the best thing that, that these scouts can get out of the combine? I don't know. Probably you have a chance to see them all together in one spot, but you normally see them all together in one spot in an all-star game, like the senior bowl or something. And, uh, and you have a chance probably to get to know them a little bit more, talk to them more than when you're at, on campus. But, you know, uh, it's a personal thing. And probably uh, you have meetings with them and, and talk with them and you ask them questions about how long have you played football? Have you always wanted to play football? What do you want to do after football? Uh, what, what is your major? You know, some players will give you the answer. My major is uh, 
that could be in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and some players might say, my major is to be a doctor. So there's, you know, there's different ways you evaluate it, and they have these quizzes and so on that they mark down certain things on desires of players and characters of players and this and that. And, and I think the character issue is probably the number one thing that professional teams are looking at today. I think the character, Roger Goodell, and what he's doing now, and, and I think other leagues with the fines and so on, is I think some players have embarrassed the leagues. And I think that now, right now, people are fed up with it. And I think that right now, that is the main issue. Are you willing to take a risk on a character situation? Uh, some teams have had a lot of risk-taking, ta- risk and it certainly has showed. No, I think that's so a good I, point, Coach, because the the meetings and all that stuff, I and mean, I've been down to the Senior Bowl, and you, know, you talk to a lot of the scouts and stuff, that seems to be a really important part, them meeting everyone. And, and just because they run a drill at the combine doesn't mean every coach or every scout likes that drill. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of different, different opinions about – you know, this drill is terrible. Like, I love the gauntlet. I hate the gauntlet. The gauntlet's like the one where they, the receiver runs down the line and people throw balls at him. He turns left, right, and catches balls. And some people love it because you can, you know, the receivers are catching all these balls. And other people hate it because as soon as you catch it, they throw the ball away. And so many people, you, you want ball security. So why would you catch it and then and immediately fumble the ball? So, I mean, I don't think all the coaches and scouts agree on all those things. But the, the one thing I think they do like all together is, those meetings where you actually get to meet these guys and it's not on film. You get to talk to them and see what kind of, you know, what kind of character they have. Cause there is such an emphasis on that now. No, there is. And I think it's a good emphasis. And I think the players have to understand that the NFL is serious about this. And uh, I think they should be serious about this. If you're going to pay someone a certain amount of money to perform and not get in trouble, then that person should understand that from the beginning. And uh, I, I really believe now a lot of people might disagree with me. I know Charles Barkley disagrees with me. But I believe players, both on the college level and in the NFL, are role models. I just believe that. As others, other forms of music and everything, they're role models. People want to be like you. So I think that's very important that they have the type of role models whether they believe they are or not, they are. Why do you think people buy their jerseys with their name on it? Look at it. They don't mind collecting the dollars that they receive. I think it's $30 a jersey they receive in the NBA off of every jersey that's sold with their name on it. Wow. Well, if, you, if, 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 it's, if it's sellable and kids want to wear it and people, then you're a role model. How can you say you're not? But, you know, the uh, athletes will say, I'm not a role model. Uh, their parents should be a role model. But a lot of kids don't have that type of of person that they want to be like their parents or certain situations. So I believe that I, I like what Roger Goodell's doing. I really like it, and I think they have to know it's serious. And uh, you better do or toe the line or you're gone. And I believe that. The chances players get are too many. I think when you have a hard rule, you're not going to have many mistakes or outbreaks. And I think owners have to get together. And owners have to say, okay, if he screws up with you, that means he screwed up with me. So there's a ban in the entire league. Now, there's got to be something against constitutional rights or something, I'm saying, 
that that can't happen. But I, I would think an owner can hire who they want, and I think that that should be out there so players understand that. And it's a, like any other job because you're getting paid huge dollars, and people don't resent that, but they do when you don't do what you're supposed to do correctly. Yeah, that makes sense, Coach. And you're talking about character stuff and – one of the guys that, that the NFL Network is following is uh, USC linebacker Brian Cushing, and a lot of the USC players have, have got some good reviews you know, during their, their stay at the Combine and stuff. But there's one kind of negative story that's come out recently with Brian Cushing, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it as a, as a former coach and stuff. Um, you know, people ask me about uh, you know, steroid use and stuff a lot, and you know, I'm around the team all the time. I've never seen anything like that happen. I've never heard about people talking about using it, things like that. I mean, there's every once in a while, there'll be a rumor about a play or something, but that's, that's about it. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm just naive to it, but I just, I haven't seen it being around the program as much as I have. And, um, you know, that there was a lot of questions about Brian Cushing and if he was taking them because he has such a tremendous work ethic, he's kind of known as a blue collar guy. He came out in the interviews and, you know, it was disappointing to him that people had to ask him about it. But obviously if, some team is going to make a, a you know millions of dollars of investment in them. They want to know, and you know he had said that he was tested at USC. I think in December, and that came clean. And then he was tested at the combine, and and you know the scout said like when the results come back from his test there, if he's clean, then it's probably not going to be an issue. Um, but you know that the question and stuff did come up. I, I guess to you, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that whole you know the whole drug issue. There's been a lot of stuff in the news, especially with Alex Rodriguez and stuff. And if if you ever saw that around. You know, when you were coaching. Oh, yeah. It was around, and it was just getting going then uh, when I was coaching. And, well, let me first of all ask you, was this a NFL person that asked Cushing this, or was this a media person? You know, I'm not sure. There was a, there was a couple columns that were on this, and, uh, but there was definitely NFL people that were interested in it as well. It could have been either one, but they, were, I, they probably both asked him about it. Well, uh, I, if they asked him, it wasn't an NFL. It was not in a a public setting, if that's being asked. I'll tell you, it had to be in a media setting when someone asked him this. First of all, let me start by saying this. I don't think it's right that a kid is walked into a room when he's at the combine without any professional advice, sat down in front of the media, if that's what it is, and ask questions like that. Uh, I, think that I think that that's not a media event. And now they're trying to publicize it, the NFL, as far as for their draft coming up, which I'm sure, I don't even know if they've set the date yet of the draft. But it's, again, another thing that they get coverage on. The NFL Network, they have viewers when they watch the Combine. They have viewers when they watch the draft. So they want to publicize these type of things. So they bring these players in front of the media to ask questions. But I don't know just how good that really is. There's a time and place for certain questions. And I'm not quite sure that is a good question to ask a young kid who's back there that doesn't have to be there. Doesn't have to be there. If he'd have declined to go to that, he wouldn't have had to answer that question. Now, of course, they just said, why isn't he here and everything else. But I don't know. It's, it's something that goes back to when you're a young man, and I'm not talking about Brian Cushing. I'm just talking about young players. When you see someone excelling in what they're doing, you say, what is he doing that I'm not doing? Why is he better than I am? We grew up together, and he's better than me all of a sudden. 
So you want to find out what that's about. And when you're a young kid, you don't care about the consequences of what happens in 10 years or 20 years. You care about what happens today. So kids sometimes do things that aren't smart. And kids get wrapped up into things that aren't the best things for them. And you'll see this happen in high school as well as college. You'll recruit a kid, and the kid's a phenom in high school, and he goes to college, and he just never gets better. And I always used to ask myself, when did this kid or how did this kid peak in, as a junior in high school? And you, you sometimes wonder what was going on there. And, and, but you don't you know, dwell into it to find out. It's, it's none of your business as a coach. I don't think it is. Uh, now, there are ways of controlling that now in college with testing and so on. And I don't think it's good. So I'm not advocating at all. But kids don't care what you have to do to get better. And, you know, people say, why did Alex Rodriguez take those steroids or enhancements, if he did or whatever? And I'm not saying he did. Well, when you think about it, first of all, he was one of the highest-rated high school players ever to come out. So maybe he didn't meet it, okay? But... With that type of ability and using something else, if he did, now makes you a phenom where you can sign for $250 million. Now, if he was a normal athlete or a poor athlete, he could take everything in the world and he'd still be a poor athlete. It's the same thing as, as taking the beauty of a woman. If there's a woman is beautiful and she has work done on her, she becomes more beautiful. But if she really didn't have the capability of becoming more beautiful, that then that little work doesn't do that much good. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You have yeah. to have something to start with. And, you know, Brian and Cushing, then, for sure, he, I mean, he definitely had something to start with. And I think, you know, he's known as a super hard worker. And I think the question that they just have is, is he working super hard and doing a little extra? And, you know, personally, I, I, I don't see it, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to really say. And hopefully when his test comes back, if they come back negative, then that'll be, you know, they'll, they'll put, they'll be able to put that behind him and he, it won't affect his draft status at all. Well, I hope he, he isn't, uh, but uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And I don't think that makes him a bad person. I mean, a lot of people will have their opinion that he's a bad person. He's not a bad person. I mean, uh, I, I'm not quite sure what all the media guys do after they write their column every night, okay? Juicing up a And little. I'm not sure <laughs> if that makes him a bad person. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to have the player cover the media people and see what they might uncover. So when you have somebody looking at you every minute, trying to find things or whatever, then it's, you know, you got to shape up and you got to follow the rules and regulations, but you can't beat something forever. Okay. You can't beat something forever. Eventually the greed of it catch you. Well, hopefully for, for Brian's sake that everything's okay. And uh, he'll, his tests will come back negative and it won't affect his drafts out at all. Like I said, but coach, uh, that's our time for this, this week, unfortunately. So we got to hear your rant on the combine. That's good stuff. Well, I was just getting warmed up, babe. 
<laughs> we'll have to do a, an hour long one with with you one time. We'll just do let's we'll let you talk about whatever you want to do for the the whole podcast. Maybe we'll do that. Like, wind up. Yeah. I ought to talk about my dog sometime. Yeah, yeah. You know? we, well, we hear about we hear them a lot when. <laughs> I know. Well, my dog gets very jealous when I'm not paying attention to her. Can people tell that out there? A little bit, yeah. And she looks. She's staring at me right now, saying, "What's up, Dad? <laughs> what's what's with this deal? You've been on long enough." Cool. It's All time right. to spend some time with me, so I guess it is time to go, Ryan. All right. Well, thanks, Coach, for joining us, and thanks to uh, sctickets.com. Remember, if you if you give them a call, let them know you heard about it on the Peristyle Podcast. And uh, everyone else will be back after a short break talking with Dan Wojcicki. Stay tuned. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Abraham, and we have with us in this segment, uscfootball.com beat writer, Dan Wykey. How you doing, Dan? It's always good to be on the podcast, Ryan. You know I love this. Excellent, excellent. Hi- highlight of my Wednesday. All right. Well, we're going to talk some combine and winter workouts a little bit. We talked some combine last segment with... Coach Harvey Hyde, he wasn't a huge fan of the combine and everything that goes on there. Um, shocking. Not, shocking, yeah. Not, <laughs> but w- what did you think uh, how the USC players did uh, last week at the combine? I mean, I thought it was pretty much kind of what, what I expected. Um, some underwhelming performances, obviously. I think Ray could have, I mean, the hamstring really limited what he could do. Um, but I thought the other linebackers, Kaluka Mayava, Clay Matthews, and Brian Cushing all showed very, very well. I think Patrick Turner did, did all right. Sanchez, you know, did fine. Um, the defensive line, I was kind of underwhelmed. I think I would have liked to see more in the bench press out of those guys. I mean, especially Filamuala, you know, a big, strong guy. I think he needed to be closer to, to 30 than he was to 20. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think, you know, that it'll be fine. You know, they still have pro day coming up, and they have one of the last pro days out of all the schools. Tons of scouts will be out at USC, and they'll get a chance to kind of to go through this stuff again in their own kind of more comfortable setting, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And they're, uh, the USC Pro Day does get a lot of scouts, a lot of coaches from, from the big-time NFL programs and everything. They all come out to see what's going on there. It was interesting that you have Clay Matthews, who played defensive end you know, uh, for USC, was working out with the linebackers. And they also had Kevin Ellison, who was a safety, and he, he benched more than the USC line. I mean, he had 32 reps on the bench at 225, more than any other defensive back. Ran a slow 40 time, and he is coming off that knee injury. Uh, but they were projecting him to be a weak side linebacker. So you could have five, potentially five NFL linebackers drafted from this team. I, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the defense that USC played last year, Ellison was almost a de facto linebacker anyway. I mean, his biggest strength to the team was up in run support. I mean, he can cover, um, but he doesn't have that kind of straight line speed that scouts like to see in the defensive backfield. And I think that that wasn't a huge shock to me. I mean, Kevin's never been that fast of a guy, but he's a guy who I've heard analysts say that 
you know, he's not a combine guy to begin with. He's more of a heady football player, and he's a guy who makes plays and does things, and he'll show up more on film than he will in front of, you know, the stopwatches. It's a little different than Taylor Mays, who they kind of yeah. let him play center field a little bit there. And I think he, he Taylor wants to play a little bit more of that kind of run-stopper stuff this year, and we'll see if that ends up happening. But Mays would obviously be a combine freak where, like you said, Ellison – wasn't going to be his strength to be, you know, running those drills. Oh, no. I mean, he he was never. I mean, considering the fact, too, I mean, with the knee surgery and kind of that slow recovery, you know, I still have questions whether or not he's 100%. You know, he told me he, he's feeling good the last time I saw him, but you can only take that with a grain of salt. I don't think he's going to tell me that, oh, my God, they're going to have to amputate my knee or something like that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Or, I mean, you just had a I, – I just kind of had a feeling that it was going to be not a great time. I didn't think it would be that slow, though. I mean – you know, to run in the four eights for a safety is kind of, ugh. you know, that's that's not a great time. No, and uh, Kerry Harris, uh, he's a guy that uh, you know when he came in, a lot of people thought he was one of the fastest guys on the team. He didn't have a great, four, you know, actually none of the defensive. This was not a blazing defensive back group. If you look at the combined results, maybe the, the overall times were slow. I, mean, I don't know if it's the timing or what, but. Kerry Harrison, a lot of the other defensive backs, there weren't any of those like four two nines or four three. You know, you didn't see a lot of that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think part of that is you know when guys run, you know, on on campus and stuff like that. You know, obviously the, the coach Carlisle, they do use some laser timing stuff, but they also do a lot of stuff with with just stopwatches. And I think that you you know times I think in general kind of kind of bump um, up a little bit more at the combine, just like guys might not be as tall as they're listed as or, or be, you know, as heavy as they're, as they're listed as. Kerry Harris is interesting, though, because he was a guy who, after the East-West game, his stock was up. I mean, he played very well, impressed scouts and practices and stuff like that. You know, he's a guy who maybe hurt his stock, um, you know, the, at the Combine, where not only did he not run well, but I guess, you know, from what I've read, that scouts weren't impressed with how he looked in drills. They thought he looked a little awkward in movement and stuff like that. Almost like he hadn't been coached well was one thing I read from uh, Dan Pompey, who's a football writer for the Chicago Tribune, said that that was some of the scouts he talked to questioned his technique a little bit, which is surprising. You know, I mean, obviously you look at USC and you think, I mean, you look at this defense, it's it's amazing to think that these guys did anything wrong <laughs> at the yeah. combine when you look at what they did on the field. But, you know, I mean, we're being critical and that's what the combine's really all about. You know, it... it in one breath, you know, it, it shows strengths and guys like Cushing show that they're just phenomenal all-around athletes. But then it also kind of exposes weaknesses in guys and, and shows where, you know, areas where guys need to get better. Yeah, and I mean, obviously there's a, a ton of USC defensive players out there. And you're going to get a lot of scrutiny because there's so many guys from one school. I think they you hear about that a lot. But we will, uh, you know, it depends on which scouts you talk to. Obviously, people have different opinions. You could talk to a scout from one, you know, uh, NFL program, and he'd say a guy's great, and another scout would say he sucks. So it just depends on that. But one of the guys I do respect is uh, Mike Mayock, and you know he's not always one hundred percent, but he's, he does a real good job on the NFL Network. And we actually talked to him on the podcast last year after the uh, USC Pro Day. We had Charles Davis on also from the NFL Network a couple weeks ago. We're going to get Mike Mayock again. Uh, hopefully, it's scheduled for just after the USC Pro Day, so we'll get some more opinions on him. And uh, I look forward to being bumped again. Oh, of course, yeah. For Mike Mayock, come on, man. He's a, <laughs> no, I like I like Mike a lot. I get, I'm fortunate to get to to meet some of those guys from the NFL Network when I do their their college football now show uh, during the football season, and they're you know they're all really nice guys. Charles Davis couldn't be nicer. Mike Mayock, I mean. Those guys take time out of their day just to talk to, to little old us on the podcast. Name dropping so, a little bit. I like it. I, you know, I can tell you who I know, too, if you want to talk about it. Or... 
I heard you know Jamel Hill. Um, there was a couple questions. Well, actually, let's get to uh, some of the offensive players real quick. Actually, there was only there was only two. There was uh, Patrick Turner. We'll lump Beeler in with them too because he was a fun dude to talk about. I mean, okay, talk yeah. about a combine guy. I mean, he just looks like I mean he looks like a wrecking ball out there. I mean, you watch him run the forty and stuff like that, and then you know he's benching more than Michael Orr and all these other super high profile offensive linemen. I mean. That's fun to watch. That's a dude that we, I think we both knew would test well because he's so strong and he's just like, I mean, he's a huge, I mean, he, the guy cannot keep his shirt on around no. the USC <laughs> campus. I mean, and for good reason. I mean, he's jacked, you yeah. know, I mean, he's a, he's the biggest kicker I've ever seen. Yeah. Da- uh, Dan's talking about David Beeler, the uh, longtime USC kicker, really strong leg. When he came into the program, if you don't remember, I mean, he was a kicker, but they moved him to fullback because they had Mario Dinello there he was his first field goal ever was against uh, California at the Coliseum it's a 49 yarder and he was only brought in for long field goal situations he still had his neck roll on because he was playing fullback <laughs> he played some safety um and and you know obviously he came in and he, he was a good kicker for the last few years but yeah he had huge bench press numbers you know a good 40 time he just he could have tested with any of the other positions and done well I mean, he blew away all the kickers, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was like, you know, you talk about guys, you know, sometimes moving positions because of their weakness and stuff like that. You look at a guy like Beeler and you're like, hmm, you know, you wonder what you could do with a guy who's that versatile and that big of an athlete. You know, I, obviously, I think he, his stock is definitely on the rise right now. Keep in mind, you know, that he also just hammers the ball on kickoffs, which is, you know, a huge thing for NFL. I mean, if you can get the ball in the end zone consistently, I mean, you're going to have a job for a long time. And that's what he proved he could do last year. He definitely did that really well, and uh, I, I think they like the versatility. Is you know key. What do you got? Like fifty three spots on a on a roster. If you have a guy that could play some spots, <laughs> your your backup kicker or something could play some spot safety or something like that for you, or a fullback. <laughs> he's a utility man. Yeah, they, they. I think they would like that, and you know he's a guy that's going to make a tackle. You know, they're oh, he's not <laughs> loves to tackle, loves to tackle. Yeah. So so Dave Beeler, he he definitely helped himself there. He's he's the eleventh guy. Uh, there was one special teams guy, two offensive guys, and then eight defensive guys from USC uh, at the combine. But let's talk a little about the the offensive guys. Mark Sanchez, who obviously came out a year early, and uh, Patrick Turner, who actually looked pretty good. I saw him in the gauntlet drills. He, he you know, he had a really nice gauntlet run. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing with Patrick Turner is that he uses his body well, and I think that's something that scouts are starting to pick up on. Another guy who showed well in the East West game, um, really came on, made probably the catch of the week. In practice, Edge made a great catch. And, I mean, he's a guy who showed that, you know, he's got good hands. He can be a viable red zone threat. And, he, I mean, he's a legit, you know, 6'5". I mean, that they measured him. And, I mean, it was, you know, in socks and stuff like that. He's over six foot five, And, I mean, he's got elite size for a wide receiver. I think he's a guy who whose body will help. I mean, he's not, you know, in the Darius Hayward Bay kind of mold where not only is he big, but he's going to, you know, run like a 4'3". I mean, that's no. – <laughs> That's not PT, but, you know, I mean, but he still, I thought, it looked good. Sanchez, I thought, you know, was just Sanchez. I mean, the thing that I read about him that I thought was most interesting was that, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe maybe floated a couple balls, maybe didn't throw as well as he could have. But the thing that I think scouts noticed was his kind of demeanor, you know, and the fact that, you know, in between drills, he's flipping the ball around, he's got a smile on his face, he's joking, he's like, you know, kind of commanding things, and he's not sheepish at all. You know, probably one of the the quotes I read from him had the like the line of the combine, which was they asked him about, excuse me, they asked him about what it was like going through all these fifteen minute interviews. These are the teams, and he's like, you know, it's kind of like speed dating, <laughs> which is like, I mean, you know, he's just really charismatic, and I think that 
you know, when you're drafting a quarterback is as important as anything, especially if you're a franchise that's struggling to kind of find that identity, to bring in a quarterback who's got a, a big personality, who's a guy that can help you maybe move some tickets and a guy, you know, sell some jerseys. I think Sanchez can be that kind of guy. He Definitely. And he, they, they said he was kind of, you know, watching the coverage. He kind of emerged as the leader of the group, which is kind of interesting. I mean, you could say that Stafford might be picked ahead of him, and who knows how that's going to come down. Some people still think Sanchez could go number one to Detroit. I mean, who knows? We'll find out on draft day. But, you know, he kind of did emerge as that leader. And, uh, you know, I think on the Patrick Turner side of things, he is a legitimate 6'5". And I, there's, I think there's a lot of receivers that were saying they're 6'5", and they were 6'3", and three quarters and stuff like that. I don't know if that's going to help him, though, because there's been so many tall receivers, not just USC big receivers, but just tall receivers that haven't kind of panned out. And then John Gruden actually said this on the coverage. He's like, I don't know if 6'5 receivers are the way the NFL wants to go. And it seems like, I mean, there was definitely a trend of that, but you know, are they, are they getting away from that a little bit now? Maybe they're not going with the, such big guys. I mean, you know, it's not, a, it's not a need per se. I mean, there are big guys out there who are, who are successful, and there are big guys out there who've had great careers and, and long careers. Like, I mean, Joe Jarvicious is a big dude. You know, Plaxico Burris is a big dude um, when he's not shooting himself. You know, I mean, like, there, there, there are big receivers that, that are out there. Um, you know, do I think that it's like, you know, this huge asset? I think it's it's as big of an asset as he can make it. If he can sell himself as a legitimate red zone dude, a guy who can come in and, and out physical a cornerback and, and make plays in the red zone using his body, I think I think there'll be a spot for him. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, a blazing outside receiver. You know, he's not going to be a slot guy either. You know, maybe as a possession guy, you know, he does run really good routes. That's always been one of his big strengths is that he's a, just a tactician when it comes to his route running. But, you know... As far as him being in the red zone, I think that's where his that's where he's going to have to make him make himself valuable to teams. We'll see. We'll see what happens with PT. Maybe he'll get drafted <laughs> by the Titans. He can go home. I'm sure he'd love that. Let's get to uh, one of the questions there, uh, Dan. So Carl sent this in. Uh, it's about Clay Matthews Jr. Of course, uh, Clay Matthews' father, Clay, and Uncle Bruce both played at USC and had long, prosperous NFL careers. But he wanted to know. The, you know, he talked about the story of his performance at the Combine being a great story, and then he feels that it's a tribute to uh, USC's offseason program and their coaches. Um, a guy that came in as a walk-on, of course, worked his way all the way up and now could be a first-day NFL draft pick. Uh, but the question for you, Dan, is who is this year's team's uh, – Clay? who is – he wrote, who is this year's team in the – okay, he wants to know – Who's Clay Matthews on this year's team? Yeah, exactly, yeah. He didn't quite wear it right, but that's what he's trying to get to. I mean, in regard, I don't, I don't know if they've got a guy who used to be a walk-on who's going to be that successful. I think that's kind of rare. Um, but I do think that they've got guys that are making big strides in the offseason. Um, a guy I really like, ironically, as a linebacker, I think is Malcolm Smith. I think that's a guy who has been waiting for his chance. You know, he's put on weight. But it's not bad weight. Like, you know, he's still, I mean, he just looks strong. Um, and he ran really well when the team ran this week, um, you know, in the 4-4, four, 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 range. I mean, he, he did what he wanted to do in the 40. And, I mean, that's a guy who can play super fast and kind of step in for Kaluka Maiava and I think can have a lot of success this year on the weak side. Interesting. All right. So, uh, hopefully. Sorry, Carl. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I can't answer that question. Robbie Boyer. Okay, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> if, that, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, who knows? Okay, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if he specifically meant just have to be a walk-on. But, you know, there's there's a lot of guys. Mike Morgan, do. too, I think, is another guy. I mean, I think anytime that guy adds three pounds, it should be front-page news. I mean, because yeah. he's, you know, he's just so skinny. But, you know, I think he's another guy who it's not – it's it's with them, it's not about, you know, the adding the pounds. It's how they add the pounds and, and kind of, you know – if he can add five pounds, but add him the right way and add him and be kind of just long and lean and strong, I think he's another guy who, you know, Coach Carlisle and their staff is spending extra time with to try to get his body right. All right. So uh, that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about next is the uh, USC winter workouts. And we're going to get into all that. But first, I wanted to, we're not going to take a break. We're just going to go all the way through, all the way to the end of the podcast with Dan. <laughs> I uh, just want to let people know we were posting on the website. If you had any questions or comments, if we read them on the air, we're going to send you a T-shirt. So we'll send out a couple T-shirts this week. We, were, we did that before. We'd like to do it again. Also, we want to get some feedback uh, from all of you. So if you want to do this, just write down this email, podcast at uscfootball.com. And uh, not that, that, you know, you don't have to. Send your love letters. Yeah. Send, well, we want some specific feedback just to kind of see. We've been doing this a little over a year, like I said. And uh, we want to get some feedback. So we'll send out a few more T-shirts if you send in some feedback. Well, you know, if we get a whole bunch of them, we probably can't send out to everybody. We'll send out as many as we can. Um, but wanted to let, you know, get your thoughts on this. Five different points. Number one, what do you like about the podcast? That's pretty simple. Number two, what don't you like? Um, you can just say DW for Dan Wykey if you I was going to say, uh, for the first one, I was going to tell you how to spell my last name, but <laughs> I, I think I'm going to keep that quiet now. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, just let us know how you listen to it. Uh, we've tried some different formats. But we, you know, we now just exclusively publish this in MP3 which I think is the most the standard uh, podcast format. But you could listen to it on peristylepodcast.com. You could download it directly from iTunes. Um, you could get it from the uscfootball.com links. Just let us know like kind of how you do it, and if you have a preference and what you do that. Uh, number four, do you listen to other podcasts? I, think, I know there's a lot of people that haven't listened to podcasts before, but because they came to uscfootball.com, they started listening to this one. Just wanted to see. I know, like, I don't really listen to other podcasts. Dan... Uh, when I'm in the car with him, listening to other podcasts all the time. So I think it's popular. It just depends on what you do. Just want to see if you're a big podcast that's fan. That's what the kids are doing. And number five, real quickly, how did you find us? How did you find the podcast? Is it just from uscfootball.com, searching, whatever? Just just let us know. Send us some feedback, and uh, we'll send out some, some T-shirts to you. They're, they're gray. They're nice T-shirts. Uh, they say win forever, real big letters on the back, and they have the little uscfootball.com logo on the front. So if, uh, if you're doing it, Dan, you're not eligible, so don't. You don't have to write down those questions. Okay, I appreciate it. I don't like answering anything. Anyway, so. <laughs> you just like free to t-shirt. I was gonna say free t-shirt aside, which is always a temptation for me. I'll do just about anything for a free t-shirt. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get to the uh, winter workouts. Um, so what what's been going on this week? Actually, Chris Carlisle, the strength and conditioning conditioning coach, actually started testing the guys. So very similar to what they do in the combine. Guys had to run the forty, and they do stuff like that. Um, those results are sealed though so we'll see if they, they it. yeah but we talked to a bunch of players well actually this friday if you want to know we'll put some of that in the uscfootball.com war room we put up that every friday with all the kind of inside tidbits and stuff um, so we'll, we'll get some of that out there but they they also started which uh, they'll do i think four weeks of this um team conditioning workouts where the coaches so just so, so you know coaches can't work with players in college unless it's a designated time fall camp during the season, ball practices, and then 15 practices in the spring, which is going to come up at the end of March. Otherwise, the coaches cannot be on the field with the players. It's a, it's a violation. So when, when we go to these workouts during the week, it's either a conditioning workout with like strength and conditioning coach 
or it's like a players only practice. They call them these throwing sessions or senior practices or whatever you want to call them where, you know, whoever the quarterback is or the, the group of quarterbacks will go in, bring out the footballs and they'll just run plays. They'll run 11 on 11. They'll run seven on seven, mm-hmm. all stuff like that. But yesterday they did start these coaching conditioning programs where for about half an hour, twice a week, they're allowed to do this before spring football. They get out there without footballs and just kind of run through drills, footwork and stuff like that. So just, so Dan, so your first one, you got to see, what did you think of that? Riveting. Yes. Very exciting. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, it's good just to see those guys start to, to build, um, you know, obviously it's important to do the technique stuff and to get that stuff down before you get into spring football and to get the conditioning and all that stuff. Right. But I think the biggest advantage to it is when you've got new guys on the staff and guys in new positions, you know, players can start to feel out their new coaches a little bit. You know, they can start to work with Jethro Franklin or Brian Schneider or Jeremy Bates. They can they can kind of get their, their first taste of those guys on the field. You know, it's one thing to meet those guys in the offices. Like, I remember I was talking to one player about it. He's like, yeah, Bates seems like a really cool guy. But I, I you know, well, ask me again in, you know, two months when we're, when we're on the yeah. practice field. When you get yelled at on the practice field. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Different. So it's like, you know, they're starting to get their first taste of that. And I think that's... You know, that's where the real value in this is. All right. Well, we did have a winter workout question, too. Uh, This is from uh, Matt. He wanted to know, besides the conditioning and the timing, what's the greatest benefit for the players that they gain from the uh, winter workouts? Camaraderie, without a doubt. Um, That's the biggest thing. Um, I was talking to Stanley Havili about this, and he's like, this is where we kind of – this is what he said. This is where we establish our – you know, our identity as a team. This is where we find our work ethic. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, they're out there working hard. They're sweating, they're, you know, and they're busting their tails. And, and they're really, I mean, there are times when they're gonna, not going to want to do it anymore. And that's where leaders step up, and that's where leaders push each other, and that's where they compete, and that's where they race and, and do all of this stuff to kind of keep each other going. And I think that's the biggest value in all of this stuff. I mean, this is where players step up. I mean, we saw it in the summer with Mark Sanchez. You know, I mean... A guy who was already was a leader, but just, I mean, became even just even more vocal and, and really, you know, became the face of the, the team in, in a lot of regards. It started in these workouts last summer. It's hard to pinpoint who this is, who it's going to be, you know, out of this team this year, but you're starting to see guys kind of emerge. Yeah, it's hard to, to judge because if you, if you go and watch some of these and if you watch the last couple that we were at, uh, what you know, Dan? Which running back was the most active? Uh, Curtis, Moody, yeah, I was yeah, say Moody, Moody McNeil. McNeil. Yeah, so I mean, is he going to be the most active running back in the spring or in the fall? You know, no. But I love know, me some Moody though. He I, is, he, yeah, he's amazing, and uh, he gets a lot of work. Another guy, uh, Anthony McCoy, caught a ton of balls last summer. Um, a lot, you know, he's he's active a lot. He probably caught the most balls so far this summer. But a lot of it depends on you know what they're running what people's class schedules are. It's just a lot of the other running backs haven't been able to attend workouts. So a lot of that depends on what's going on. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up McCoy. He's a guy I talked to yesterday. I mean, and, and I asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, I'm getting a ton of work in right now. Yeah, he is, but that's because Blake Hales is practicing, yeah. you know, and that's because <laughs> Red Ellison's a little dinged up. So, yeah, I mean, he's getting a lot of work right now. I mean, obviously, you know, if they were tracking catches, he would have more catches than a guy like Rojo, who's splitting routes with, you know, nine other guys. Yeah. So, I mean, logically speaking, I mean, th- those are guys that are getting a lot of work right now. You know, it, I think, though, that it's important just to get, like I said, to, to build the base. And, you know, the emailer mentioned that, you know, the timing and stuff like that. That's all really important, too, and the conditioning. T- but, I mean, really, you want to make it through this healthy. 
You want to get out there. You want to start moving around. You want to kind of get football back in your blood. I think too. That's part of it. It's it's fun. I mean, I think the the players enjoy it. It's it's different. I mean, I guess you could. There's some bad things that could happen if you get you know bad techniques and you're out there. And the coaches can't correct uh, what they're doing if they, if they see that the footwork coming off the line is bad. Uh, you know, if they you know they could watch our videos and see that there, there's nothing that they they can't be out there correcting this. But the I mean, I think they rely on the veteran leadership of this team to make sure that guys aren't going out and putting in a ton of bad reps and, and getting bad habits going. And it seems to help. You know, it seems to, to bring guys together. You know, the quarterbacks are all throwing it. You know, if, if one quarterback comes, especially when there's a, a you know, a, a, a race going on at the quarterback position, it makes the other quarterbacks want to come out there. People were talking about Mitch Mustaine. He wasn't out there. Well, he had he had eye surgery. And even the other day. He he couldn't throw seven on seven because it was facing in the sun and it was, it was really blurry, and uh, so that was kind of, you know so he was he's out there throwing a little bit more now but it's good I think it gets out there they get their competitive juices growing and they build that camaraderie like you said yeah you don't want to miss a rep I mean especially if you're in a competition right now I mean and that's that's the great part about this team and that's why it makes practices and these workouts still fun to watch is because even guys that are established guys that you know. Take Taylor Mays, right? For instance, a guy who probably could not be more firmly entrenched in his position. I mean, a guy. I mean, no one's going to beat out Taylor Mays. He doesn't think that. You yeah. know, he doesn't think that way, and and that's what makes you know him fun to watch, and that's what makes Damian Williams another guy who you would imagine is going to be on the field a lot next year. You know, well, he still runs hard routes because he knows that there are guys underneath him that are hungry and that want his reps. That's true. That's true. And there was a. Uh... We kind of focus on the offensive guys a lot, like you said. Damian, Damian Williams has looked good. Rojo's looked good, stuff like that. A couple of defensive players that stepped up yesterday. I mean, a, a guy, Chris Gallipo, if you've seen him practice before, he's always around the ball. He had a really nice tipped interception to himself uh, yesterday at their players-only practice. I think it was Corp he picked off, and everyone was going crazy for him. And then uh, one of my one of my dudes, because he's a, he's a South Bay guy, Brian Bauckham, had a really nice deep ball. I think it was Mustaine that threw this one, and uh, – he picked it off, did a little dance and stuff, and everyone was going crazy. And then every every route after that, any one time Bauckham was covered, they would yell at the receiver like, you're not getting away. He's just on today. He's just going to lock <laughs> you down. So I think that helps. I mean, the, the secondary people kind of encourage each other, the linebackers. It just helps everybody. Lots of trash talking, too. Oh, yeah. Lots <laughs> of trash talking. I mean, you know. Don't, they'll yell at Barkley all the time incessantly. Like, this isn't <laughs> high school anymore. Like, you know. This isn't recess. I like. I mean, they are on him hard, and then you know they yell at Corp for checkdowns always. I mean, like that's kind of a Corp thing where where you know they get on him hard for whenever he throws the ball to a running back. It was funny. Great line. C.J. Gable had a great line about that. So some guy was like, you know, tell your quarterback to throw the ball downfield. He's like, I'm not telling the quarterback to do that. He's like, I want the ball. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, there's no way I'm saying that. So. So, I mean, it's just kind of – it's fun to watch those guys kind of jaw a little bit. I mean, it's important, you know. I mean, if you – you got to – talk about being in the fire, you know, in competition is when you get Taylor Mays and Will Harris back there just screaming at you, you know, calling you every name in the book and stuff like that. I mean, you can't handle that. I don't know how you're going to handle, you know, playing at the horseshoe next year and stuff like that. I mean, it's good practice for that kind of stuff. No, it's a, it's a good point. And if you guys want to – you know, we're, we're lucky enough that uh, Pete Carroll and the staff are, are really open – uh, they they let these practices, these players only practices, wide open. We can interview players and stuff. So we you know we get a lot of good content up on uscfootball.com. So we just I actually just today put up some highlights from Tuesday's throwing session. We put up I think seven different videos 
just from last Thursday alone. We had a whole bunch. They, they really ran a lot of stuff last Thursday. We had a ton of, you know, I think we had four different video interviews up. Damien Williams, Mitch Mustaine, Taylor Mays, all kinds of big names. Um, we got a few more from yesterday's. They didn't, they didn't throw as long uh, during Tuesday's workout, but we'll get a ton of more video up. So if you want to check that out. And then Dan talks to a lot of different guys. And we put up different stories about them, and we get we get photos up and stuff. So there's a lot of good. You think it's the off season, but this is this is probably our our best time to I, cover the team. Right yeah, now. I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You kind of get guys a little more unfiltered. Guys are a little more candid. Um, they're a little more relaxed. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're still working really hard, but it's not. You know, they're not in pads. They're not like you know after practice and stuff like that, where they just necessarily just want to get out of there. You know, and get to game and get to their meetings and get home. You know, it's a little different, you know, like this is just a little more kind of chilled. And, and I don't know, I, I, I just like being around it, you know, and it's fun to watch these guys interact with each other because you get, you kind of get a sense for just kind of the, the personality of the team and, and, you know, who the leaders are that are kind of stepping up. And I don't know, I enjoy it. it. It's like watching, you know, practice is more polished, you know, you know how much of that is. It's it's way more controlled, you know what I mean? Sure. You, you, don't, you don't get to see galippo playing cornerback in practice you know but you know you'll get to see that at the workouts you know you don't get to see yeah (laughs) you don't get to see stanley havili you know throwing routes to people and stuff like that you know i mean one of my favorite lines from last summer was uh he uh i think he completed like three or four just perfect deep balls in a row and he was kind of teasing sanchez and he's like you know i'm the tongue and jimmy (laughs) claus and like stuff like that i mean you don't get to see that at practice it just doesn't happen because they're so focused and that's not to say that they're out there just goofing around and they're not getting anything done but it is a little lighter, and it's more fun, and I think the players really enjoy him. Yeah, we have to, you know, definitely thanks to uh, the head coach, Pete Carroll, because he does, his attitude about it makes it a lot more fun for us to cover. And I think for all of you out there, it gives you a lot more information and insight of what's going on in this team. Like so many other programs, if, I don't know what other programs in the top 25, they have the, their summer workouts or winter workouts open like they do here. I mean, so many places are on lockdown where you can't talk to players. You can't, you know, they let us film everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, they have their rules when it comes to practice. You can't film actual official practices, but we can film some of the workouts, you know, the warm up stuff. We can film player interviews and stuff afterwards. And it's really nice that they let, and I think it just shows that he treats these guys like men. And I think they, you know, they do what they can to train them to talk to the media in a certain way. So they're not going to be, you know, too over the top. And, you know, he lets these, these guys be men and i think it, you know it helps in the long run it, i think they like it too i think they like the attention that they get and it you know it, it you know there are kids with egos just like everybody else and they they enjoy the the attention that they're getting i i, I don't know if spending five minutes with me after practice is really a big ego boost to anybody but, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know but no i know what you're saying i mean like yeah i think that's part of it i think that you know the fact that you know they just don't have anything to hide i think that's the, that's i think the overwhelming message is that you know, I think we talked about this before, too, in, in a previous podcast, them being open for practices. That's so unique. I mean, nobody's like that. Like, yeah. I mean, you say the top 25. I mean, I, when I was at Eastern Illinois <clears throat> for school, you know, I couldn't watch their practices <laughs> when I covered football. I mean, that was closed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and it's really very little is sacred as far as stuff they shield from the media. Obviously, we're not in the locker rooms and stuff like that. You know, we're not in the weight room with the players, but... You know, being on the field like this, it really helps you kind of, as a reporter, kind of connect with these guys a little bit and get a better sense of what they're going through. And I, I mean, not to get all journalistic-y, but it makes it like, you know, it makes it more, way more fun to cover. And it makes it, you feel like you get a better sense for what's going on because you're around the team so much more. Yeah, I mean, you can talk to assistant coaches. You can talk to, you know, 
not just the star players. You can talk to anybody. I think, you know, especially fans that are on our site, uscfootball.com, if you're listening to the podcast in late February, you're a big USC fan, most likely. I mean, you want to know what's going on all year round. And there's, there is stuff. There is no real off season. And the fact that we can talk to, you know, a walk-on kicker all the way up to, this, you know, Taylor Mays, we try to talk, you know, there's, there's only so much you could talk about each guy. We try to talk to everybody. You know, we try to get updates on everyone. So I think the fans kind of like that, too. They get into, you know, you know what's going on behind the scenes with some of these guys and, and what their lives are like and stuff. I think, you know, people enjoy that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, from from a story standpoint, I mean, yeah, it's really interesting to you know to talk to Taylor Mays and stuff like that, and to talk to the big name guys. But like to me, I've always found that guys that are a little more under the radar are always a little more forthcoming and a little more typically have more to say. You know, I mean, because they're trying to find themselves and stuff like that. I mean, there are exceptions here and there, but you know, we put up a, a Bryce Butler story today, and I love talking to Bryce Butler. I mean, how many freshmen would honestly come through and say? You know what? When they told me I was gonna redshirt, I was pissed. Yeah. You know, and, and I, w- I I thought about transferring. And like, wow, like that's pretty forthcoming. You know yeah. what I mean? And and stuff like that. But I mean, that's what they kind of they don't tell these kids to not be themselves. You know, they kind of let them be themselves. They let them, you know, you know, wear the eye black and stuff like that. They let them do what you know. I don't want to say they let them do whatever they want because I mean, they're disciplined too. It's just a really good balance, I think. It does. It, somehow he's got the mix, and you can go over the edge a little bit one way or the other. But it is a big help to us, and hopefully you guys all enjoy that, the coverage that we can kind of kind of bring you out there. But a couple of stuff that went up um, this week, maybe you want to touch on briefly. Uh, I did a little piece on uh, Alan Bradford and uh, my dude from, from Torrance, Brian Bauckham, who I, I told him he was pretty happy that he was on the front page of uscfootball.com uh, the other day. And then I think he, got, he had the karma because uh, – he was up on the front page during that workout, and he made that big pick, and he got excited. It's about like it. the opposite so, of the SI cover jinx. Yeah, this is you know you get the good karma from uh, from the Dan Wykey story. The Dan Wykey bump, we'll call it, <laughs> is what it is. Now, um, yeah, the Bradford thing I think was really interesting. I mean, again, another situation where you'd expect a guy to say one thing and you said something totally different. Um, really had a tough year. Um, kind of thought he was going to pl- probably play a little bit more than he did early in the season, and then then got hurt. Found out he needed to have uh, hip surgery, and you know, luckily he was he's able to get his medical red shirt. So, but like when when you're not with the team like that, you know, you're not out at practice. He's just rehabbing and doing stuff like that. You know, working on school, and, and I think you can get kind of isolated. And and that's kind of what he said to me was that you know he felt very alone throughout this process. And that's not a slight on the team, you know, and stuff like that. I think he he just kind of insulated himself and and maybe sulked a little bit. Well. He's back around. He's you know he's coming out to these seven on sevens and stuff like that. He doesn't need to be there. I no, because he can't play. He still can't play yet, but he's out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he hasn't started running yet, but he's out there hanging around and, and talking trash with guys and stuff like that. And I mean, kind of reinserting himself into the team. And you know, I think he he's really kind of readjusted his approach to what he's going to do to get on the football field. You know, he's a guy who people have talked about him transferring. You know, for years now. I mean, because. The depth chart was stacked. Or, or switching him, positions. Or switching positions. Yeah, exactly. Well, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be a <laughs> running back at USC. and he, I mean, he wants to be successful, and he's got a clear path to doing it. I mean, he thinks he knows. He, he thinks he figured it out. He cracked it. You know, he thinks. And that and that's that, you know, he was taking some plays off in practice, and he wasn't doing, you know, he wasn't maybe blocking with the authority that someone of his size should block with. And he wasn't running as hard as someone with his size should run with. And, and you know, 
I think you, the injury helped him realize all this stuff. It kind of made him, you know, a more uh, self-aware player. No, that's true. And then uh, real quick on 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 Bacham, love talking it? to Bacham. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, you know, I, I again kind of like Bradford, a guy who you know kind of lost last year um, injuries early, really cemented the fact that he was going to redshirt. I think most people probably had him kind of penciled in as a redshirt anyway. Um, to him, he just wants to be healthy right now. You know, he just wants to be like he he's so happy right now because he's on the field. He's feeling one hundred percent. And he can compete, and he can make plays, like you said, like he did yesterday at yesterday's workout, and kind of get, kind of get into the team more like that too. You know, I think when guys have to watch and stuff like that, and maybe they're only working on scout team, and and you know, I I do think it kind of isolate you a little bit, and, and there's a big step up, and to when to when you're doing it against the ones and stuff like that all the time, and you're running with the first team defense or the second team defense. And I think that it really boosts your confidence. And I think that he seems more confident right now. It's going to be tough for him to, to find playing time this year. I mean, I'm not sure that he's going to get ahead of TJ Bryant or Marshall Jones or anybody like that. But I still think that he's a guy who's going to keep getting better and, and he'll be ready to play if they need him to. Yeah, and he, he was being a team player too, helping Marshall Jones, who's now playing more cornerback, kind of helping him with that because Bachman obviously played a little bit more in that. But it's... Interesting stuff. So yeah, so every, you know, we got a lot of good stuff going up on uscfootball.com. You guys should check it out if you want some insights on the team. We're putting up four or five stories a day right now, which is kind of crazy for you know late February. But no yeah, off season. I don't, to, no, I don't. I don't get to vacation. It's terrible. No, it's pretty awful. But Dan, thank you uh, for the, your talks on the combine and winter workouts. And again, if you guys have any comments, drop us an email podcast at uscfootball.com. Don't forget, you know, if we do our little informal survey. Five different things, what you like, what you didn't like, how you listen, if you listen to other podcasts, and uh, how you found us on Peristyle Can I answer those quickly? Uh, no, you could not. Um, I was going to say, I like I like when I'm on. <laughs> I dislike when I'm not on. Um, how did I find us? Because I'm on. <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, yeah, do that. It'd be a big help. I'm really curious to know what you guys think, and... And I'm, I'm always open to hearing just kind of what's out there, so... Yeah, when we started, I mean, really had no idea I had... I mean, you could say I still have no idea how to produce a podcast, but I really did. I've never oh, even listened to one. And I started, you're wonderful, Ryan. I started producing one. Didn't I haven't even listened to a podcast before. And uh, you know, we've grown it a lot. We have a really nice looking podcast page, and uh, so hopefully, you know, people enjoy it. We get you know thousands and thousands of downloads each and every week. Um, so you know, there's definitely people out there listening. We just want to see what you have to say, and we you know we'll definitely tweak things if you guys uh, have comments. You know. If you if you think we should be doing something else or you like you know just let us know I mean we're we're definitely open to tweaking stuff yes I love to tweak tweak it all all right well Dan thank you for joining us thanks for having me Ryan I appreciate it everyone else have a great week and we will talk to you seven days more USC football stay tuned. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.